0: Good morning, Bethany North. I'm Raul Perez. I'm the senior associate pastor here at Bethany North. Uh, And today I am preaching right before I go on a three-month paternity leave. Uh, My family uh, is in need of my support right now as we get ready for our fourth child. And so I'm honored to be bringing the word to you today, speaking about peace during this Advent season. We are, I wanted to express gratitude to you for all the support that you've offered us in prayer and materially. Uh, Many are bringing us meals and other things to get us through this as our families are in Spokane, Portland, and Ventura. You, our church family, have supported us. Ventura, that's where I'm from, Southern California. And in August 2018, I was planning to make a trip down there uh, because my friends were had made an album and they were having a CD release party and they invited me to come down and play bass and uh, have this CD release show. And so the week that I was preparing to go, there was reports of a fire, a wildfire called, and they, it was it was named the Ranch Fire, and that's not unusual, right? Uh, Summertime in California is wildfire season. So I just didn't think about it. It wasn't until I was flying in at night into LAX that I could see fire snaking through the hills and bodies all over uh, the hillsides as I descended down into LAX. And then as my sister picked me up and we were going down the grade in Thousand Oaks, all along the freeway was on fire. It was like Armageddon. And then we got to Ventura and the, and the fire had been blown uh, up to the hillsides above uh, my folks' homes and uh, was starting to consume the houses there. And people were doing their best to literally fight the fire with garden hoses and other tools that they had. But the wind was so aggressive that it was whipping up the fire hotter and hotter and causing it to jump And all people could do was escape. And so we just had to stand by and watch as our our friends and acquaintances' homes began to burn. The Ranch Fire would turn out to be the largest wildfire by acreage in California history. Do you know how it started? It started with a man who had hit a metal stake into the ground, causing a spark to fly and begin the fire. 410,000 acres burned from a single spark. Likewise, what was to become our new building burned down because of the failing of a simple electrical component. Life can be transformed in a moment from the smallest of beginnings, like a birth, the birth of a child who would become our Prince of Peace. We decided to still play the show, but instead of a CD release show, it would become a memorial, a time to gather and mourn what had happened and frankly, what was still happening at the time of the show. The church was packed and our clothes smelled of smoke, kind of like incense as we filled the space. Many were there who had homes burned the day before, but they kind of mustered up the energy to come. And as they sang and mourned, they turned to one another for hugs and for solace. And in that moment, with homes and dreams still smoldering, they discovered this, that they and we are not alone. This is peace. Our scriptures today speak about Jesus, who will be the ruler to come and who will lead us by his light into the path of peace. And we also heard that those who make peace will be called the children of God. But what is this path of peace? And how do we be peacemakers in the world? This is not an easy endeavor in 2021 where peace is elusive, peace is rare. And even saying the word can be a trigger to some. Peace is defined in so many ways. In Jesus's time, Rome considered peace the crushing of any threat to the empire. Is crushing and, and, and silencing any threat to us really peace? Canceling our enemies? Shooting dehumanized words at people we disagree with through computer screens? Or worse, as some have chosen to do? How do we we find the path of peace and be peacemakers in our day and age? I think let's start just with a definition that I'm going to use about peace in today's sermon. Peace is an encounter with a person that leads them to loving others. Peace is an encounter with a person that leads them to loving others. That was kind of cheesy, but I did it. 432 years. That's how many years God was silent between the book of Malachi in the Old Testament and when Gabriel the angel spoke to Zechariah about the birth of John. 432 years is how long Israel waited to hear a word from God. And the first thing Gabriel spoke to Zechariah to break that silence was do not Be afraid. Do not be afraid. Or in other words, Merry Christmas. You are not alone. It's a word of peace in a time of fear. Fear is the antithesis of peace. Not hate, anger, or violence, but fear is the opposite of peace. Fear leads to chaos and the twisting of God's creation. There can be no peace where fear comes first. Who can partner with peace when they fear others? Fear isolates. Peace cannot be peace if we are alone, if we are cut off from others. The angel's first words remind Zechariah Remind Israel, remind us that we are not alone. This is a potent and powerful greeting from Gabriel who speaks into an oppressive, suppressive, and fear-filled context. Luke begins his gospel account with the words, in the days of King Herod. Those six words were enough to conjure up visceral reactions from the readers who remember those days. It's like us. In the days of Trump and Biden, in the days of COVID, they and we remember the fear, the chaos, the divisions, the deaths, and the isolation of these days. Where is peace in times like this. But lo, Zachariah sings of the angel's promises. He says this in Luke 1, starting in verse 76, you, John, my child, will be called a prophet of the Most High. For you will go on before the Lord to prepare the way for him, to give his people the knowledge of salvation through the forgiveness of their sins because of the tender mercy of our God, by which the rising sun will come to us from heaven to shine on those living in the darkness and in the shadow of death to guide our feet into the path of peace. He, the Christ, will lead us in a path we ourselves cannot find, Though we try, we always get lost in the dark. And like the sun in the sky, he will cast his rays on us and light the way that we must go. And Isaiah says it a little bit more poignantly. He doesn't just talk about the one who comes to guide us in the path of peace. He names who that one will be. He says, a child is born to us, a son is given to us and authority will be on his shoulders. He will be named Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Eternal Father, Prince of Peace. And the way we must go is to him, the Prince of Peace, the experience of peace itself. If we are to experience peace, we must encounter Christ and those who allow Christ's light to shine through them. To have this encounter, we cannot remain alone. We must risk being known. This is the Christmas message. And frankly, this is a message you hear every year at Advent in Christmas time. We all know this that Jesus is our peace and the peace of the world. We are to seek and desire the peace that he offers. So my question here today is not, do you know this? My question is, how many of you personally have experienced the peace the prince promises? Robert Kutrich knew it and he wrote it in his journal and personally told me before his death recently, Robert was one of our congregants here at Bethany North. He wrote this on June 13th. I testify to the inexplicable, unexpected peace of God, which was present with me from the very start. I did not ask for it. No way could I have ginned it up. It was simply a precious gift from God to me. Because of this, there has never been any fear in the journey. Instead, there is wonder. Robert told me God had gifted him the capacity to trust him in all things, even in the worst that may happen to him. He told me knowing peace knowing Christ was in him and with him, gave him clarity and strength and hope. Because he knew who he was, who God was, and that he was loved by this God, he could believe in this peace that he felt and that it was not in some way, some kind of delusion that he was telling himself. He knew, he knew who reigned on the throne of his soul. That's what made him a witness to others about God's peace, even through his death. Robert was known as a child of God because he was a peacemaker. It may be better said, he was a peace lover. Matthew 5, 9 says, blessed are the peacemakers for they will be called children of God. That word peacemakers there in Greek, it's arenapoyos, arenapoyos. That word is only used one time in the New Testament. So it's only used here, peacemakers, blessed are the peacemakers. So translators will use external you know, materials to try and interpret what that word is and how it's used. And an alternative interpretation and translation of that word is lovers of peace. Peace lovers, blessed are the peace lovers for they will be called children of God. God's children, God's church will be known for loving peace and for being peace lovers. What made this sermon really difficult to write was that there is a glaring reality that the church is not seen as people who love peace, but people who love self-righteousness, judgmentalism, being the moral police. And in these recent years, being pushers of the craziest conspiracy theories out there. I mean, we already claim to eating the body and the blood of our Lord. Like, can we just leave it there? Why are we joining the ranks of QAnon and cabals and cancel culture and government coups? Why are we known more for what and who we are against than what we are for? Blessed are the peace lovers, for they will be called children of God. Children of God. Perhaps we struggle to love and spread peace because we as the church have forgotten who we are and whose we are. We are God's children created for his love and enjoyment and through which all creation may know his love and his hope and his peace. We have been saved by belief in Jesus as the Christ, but this is not permission to boast of our status or to disengage from the world around us. We are to be the greatest servants in the world in service to all because of the one who saved our lives. For once we were dead, but now we are alive. Let us remember and surrender to who God is and what he has done. deciding again to surrender our will to Jesus so that God can take that surrender and that decision and light us on fire. If we want to be known for being people of peace in the world, we need to allow the Holy Spirit to ignite a fire in each of us in our souls bigger and brighter than that of the Ventura Ranch fire that I witnessed. Hotter than the fire that burned in the dream that burned up the dreams of a new building for our church. Do we want to be on fire for God? Do we want the spirit to be upon us for power? Do we want boldness to love one another? Do we want to be known as a church who loves its neighborhood? If so, then I think we need to have a better understanding of peace that leads us to love, and to the fire of God. And that is that we are not creators of peace, but we are ones who partner with it in the world. Peace is an uncreated energy of God. Peace is a reality that is in the world and we must become aware of it, as Pastor Scott recently preached about. That means we don't create peace. We enter into it. Peace is something that is already in the world as a result of God's personhood radiating into the world. It is not created. It emanates to us from God. Think of it this way. If God is the Son then peace are the rays that we feel on our face when we step into the light. The experience of God's peace is a state of grace that God has gifted to all of us. In the same way Mary carried the Prince of Peace in her womb, so also we carry the Prince of Peace in our souls by the Holy Spirit. Let peace be born from you to others that you meet. So let's, let's return to that definition. Peace is an encounter with a person that leads them to loving others. Peace, here we go, cheesy, is an encounter with a person that leads them to loving others. Jesus is the Prince of Peace. People are, people are always changed when they encounter Jesus drawn towards peace and love. The Prince of Peace through the Holy Spirit is seated at the center of your soul. Each one of you who calls Jesus Lord, he is seated at the center of your soul. If your soul was a castle made of pure crystal, then Jesus sits on the throne right at the center of it, shining light through you. As we pray and we seek the Prince of Peace in this crystal castle of our souls, we ourselves become more transparent and the light of Christ can shine through us onto others. That is how the world can encounter people from the church and actually encounter Jesus. This kind of encounter can lead people to loving others and breaking out of isolation. That's how peace can spread. That's how we can remember who we are made to be, children of God. God is inviting us to be brave enough, brave enough to partner with his peace in the world by being a gentle candle flickering in our everyday circumstances for peace. Yes, the busy, the harsh, and the violent people of the world will blow out our candles. But God in us will relight our candles by his eternal flame of peace, making you attractive to those who are looking for its gentle, gentle light. And truly the relighting is necessary for becoming. It is in the pursuit, perseverance, and waiting for peace that God reveals who we are from that crystal castle in us, peace lovers. Perseverance of Christ inwards leads to becoming outwards. Perseverance of the Prince of Peace inwards leads to peace becoming real outwards. To the degree you encounter Jesus on the throne of your soul, is the degree you will be able to partner with his peace in the world. And that's why I want to end this time with an imaginative prayer practice. Because it's not really my words that are going to draw you to peace. It's really an encounter with Jesus Christ in you that will cause you to love peace and love sharing it. So if you are in a space, I would invite you to just kind of sit comfortably, close your eyes, listen to my voice, and let your mind go where these these kind of ideas are going to go. I'm sorry if your house is like my house and you've got crazy kids running around, maybe do this later or something, but uh, let's try and enter in. So I want you to imagine we're, n- we're in summertime in Seattle where there's not clouds. <laughs> and the sun is shining and it's warm on your face. You can feel the-, the rays warming you and enveloping you. Now I want you to do something you can't normally do. I want you to Imagine you're looking right at the sun and watch it begin to descend towards you. Open your arms and welcome the sun into your stomach, into the core of you. Imagine it searching you, warming you from the inside, and finding this crystal castle in you. The light enters in, finding its way into the center chamber of this crystal castle and all at once revealing itself to be the Prince of Peace, taking the throne and radiating brilliantly. He is the source of all light, and the light radiating from him fills your crystal castle. It pushes away the darkness on the outside, and it seeks to radiate outwards beyond your body into the world. Will you let it? Will you let the light shine through you? Now, as you stand before the Prince of Peace at the center of this crystal castle, like you looked at the sun, now look at his face. What does he say to you? Heavenly Father, I praise you, and I thank you for this day. I thank you that you are the Son that will so brilliantly light our path. Though we walk in the shadow of death, you protect us from evil and you guide us in the way that we should go, the ancient paths. Lord God, we want to experience you, the Prince of Peace. So give us the courage and the bravery to go into ourselves and find you, discover you, and to know your peace which is uncreated but that we can partner with in the world that we ourselves may be flickering candles of peace for your name, for the church, and for those who have yet to know you. Lord God, we love you and we know you love us. Thank you for giving your life and for saving us. Draw us deeper into who you are and your likeness. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.